0: Welcome to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host Amber Smith. A life-saving technology called ECMO that has been around since the 1970s is now being used in new ways. Here to explain is Dr. Christopher Tansky, Assistant Professor of Emergency Medicine and the Medical Director of the ECMO service, and Dr. Robert Dunton, Assistant Professor of Surgery and Chief of Cardiothoracic Surgery at Upstate. Thank you both for being here.
1: Thank you for having us. So
0: let's start by explaining what is ECMO. It stands ECMO. It stands for something. It does.
1: It stands for uh, extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. Uh, okay. ECMO is a lot easier to say than that. Sure. Uh, it's a technology that's been around for uh, a number of decades, uh, and it's used to provide uh, support uh, for either the heart uh, or the lungs if they're not functioning properly. And either
0: or, or either both. or, or both. Oh, okay.
1: Yep. So there are different modes of ECMO, uh, and it can provide support if the lungs aren't working properly. It can also provide support if the heart isn't working properly. Uh, it was originally used uh, mainly in uh, infants, and now we've started using it quite a bit more in adults.
0: Okay, so it's been around for a few decades, right?
2: So- it, it has ECMO is sort of an extension of the technology we use for our open heart surgery. In surgery, we use this technology for short periods of time, perhaps an hour or two. Uh, but ECMO is the same technology used for perhaps several days to support a patient's oh, okay. uh, heart and or lung function.
0: Is, was it used in open heart surgery before it was used in the premature babies? Is that yes, where it came from? Yes,
2: very okay. similar technology. As I say, though, it sort of has some differences that allow it to be used on a continual basis. For longer. Yep, for much longer periods of time.
0: Okay. Well, what does the machine look like?
1: Uh, the machine that we, uh, uh, that we uh, have, per, Upstate, Upstate has two uh, 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 what are called CardioHelp devices that we have purchased, uh, and the CardioHelp uh, is a machine that's uh, not much bigger than um, maybe a, a, a shoebox or two, and what it does is it has uh, cannulas uh, or tubes that come out of it that take blood out of the body, pump it through the machine, put oxygen into the blood and take carbon dioxide out of the blood and then through another tube or cannula, put the blood back into the body. Huh. And it used to be that this required, especially in bypass, large machines that may have taken up you know, the size of a room. And now this has been condensed into a very small machine that's easily portable uh, and can be transported easily and is uh, very easy to use as well. So those machines uh, are what Upstate uh, is going to be using. And that'll make it easy to put patients on ECMO as well as to transport them around the hospital.
0: Huh, wow, okay. Well, we, you said that this is used for um, people with, for heart or for lung or both, but how, which, which types of patients? Because there's a lot of patients here with heart problems or lung problems, but which ones need ECMO?
2: You know, it does fall into those two big categories. In terms of lung injury, patients can become sick with a lot of different things. Uh, Pneumonia probably being the biggest offender that we see, and some of the viral pneumonias uh, can be really quite severe. A few years ago, there was an outbreak of a flu strain known as H1N1, Mm -hmm. and it particularly was hard on young, healthy people who ended up very sick in the hospital, required long-term ventilation on a ventilator, and so forth traditionally the treatment for those patients is to work uh, with their lungs and using increasing pressure, increasing amounts of oxygen to sort of get uh, get by until the lungs begin to heal. But it turns out that treatment's almost as bad as the disease. Using ECMO, we're, we're able to do the uh, oxygen delivery for the patient and allow their lungs to rest so that the lungs can get better uh, quicker and it's now recognized that a lot of these folks who in the past wouldn't survive can now survive with very high uh, functional capacity afterward. Huh. ECMO can also be used to help recovering from other types of lung injury. There can be trauma injuries, burns, for example, if someone inhales smoke or toxin uh, toxin materials out of fire, uh, are all indications where uh, temporary support for lung function for perhaps three or four five days to a week or two, can really allow amazing lung recovery.
0: So the machine is is your lungs Correct. during that time. Absolutely. Wow. Correct.
2: Yeah. For example, a patient whose kidney function is decreased can have dialysis to perhaps get them through either short or long term. This is doing the same for lung function. Oh, wow. And on the cardiac side, very similar. The The device can be altered so that it can, it can provide uh, for cardiac function to allow the heart to recover if we feel that the patient has a recoverable condition or allow us, what we call bridge a patient, get them to some other treatment
0: um, okay. for,
1: for their cardiac condition.
0: So bridge if they needed a transplant or if they needed a...
1: A transplant or potentially a VAD, a ventricular assist device.
0: A device, okay. Uh, it, something okay.
1: like that. ECMO can be used to bridge them to get to that Neat. fairly successfully. interesting.
0: Wow. So Upstate, um, it sounds like we're, we've had this technology for a while and we've used it a lot.
2: We've had the technology because we've been doing open heart surgery for a long period of time. Having the newer technology, however, as Chris says, allows us to do this in a much more patient and environment-friendly manner. The machines are are much easier to use. In the past, this sort of uh, care would require the entire open heart surgery team be tied up perhaps on a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week basis. Now we have uh, internally uh, excellent technology. Trainees, nurses, therapists, and others in our ICUs who can manage these machines at the bedside without having uh, the need for an entire team. Um, And the units themselves are very portable and very user-friendly. That change in technology has really extended our ability to do this for all these indications.
0: So how do you... uh, Walk me through how a person is put on ECMO. Are they conscious necessarily to begin with, or do they know this is going to be happening to them?
2: A patient may or may not be conscious. Usually most of our ICU patients will have some form of sedation, and they perhaps are already on a ventilator and are receiving other medications so that they're comfortable. We certainly will have a discussion with the family and when we can with the patient, because it's very important we do that no matter what situation we're involved in. The actual uh, institution of uh, ECMO is done with uh, the insertion, Chris referred to cannulas, those are tubes that we put in the patient.
0: So this is done in an operating room?
2: It can be done either in the operating room or many times we'll have our operating room team come to the intensive care unit. Ah, And we'll do it where it's perhaps more convenient. We can do this with local anesthesia, however, and it's done uh, in most instances without having to make open incisions. Sometimes we can insert just a single one of these plastic tubes, which has inside of it um, the ability to move blood in both directions. Oh, wow. The ideal goal, and Chris and I have traveled to some institutions and been to the training, uh, it's actually possible to have patients on ECMO up and walking in the hallway, for example, and going to physical therapy and uh, pursuing as normal a recovery as, as possible.
1: Wow, it it speaks to uh, how how long patients can remain on ECMO. Uh, Bob talked about how uh, this kind of was an offshoot of bypass in the OR that may have been gone on for several hours. Patients who are on ECMO may need several days or longer to recover their native heart and lung function, and ECMO can provide that. Uh, it may be that uh, the patient needs four or five days of support. And rest for their lungs, and then we can wean them off of ECMO. Uh, certainly, patients can be on ECMO for longer than that; uh, they can be on for months potentially, uh, as long as we are seeing progress in recovering uh, them, recovering from whatever the original insult was.
0: So, is there a risk, though, for being on ECMO for a long period of time?
1: There certainly are
2: risks. ECMO, like any medical procedure, carries with it risks. Those risks can include infection where the intravenuses enter and exit the mm-hmm. patient. We worry about blood clotting any time that the circulation is undergoing artificial um, you know, exposure to plastic surfaces and so forth. The the incidence of those complications has really improved dramatically uh, recently, but it's never zero. We okay. always have to weigh the risk versus benefit. Sure. Uh, it is also possible sometimes for us to limit the risk by uh, if a patient initially needs support of both the heart and lung, sometimes we've seen the heart recover, and then we can simplify the circuit to where we're only oh, supporting chin- okay. the lung, for example. So there's things we can do even within the process to, to try to minimize Interesting.
0: Risk. Well, I've got some more questions, but first let me remind listeners that this is Upstate's HealthLink on air, and we're talking about... ECMO with Drs. Christopher Tansky and Robert Dunton. Dr. Tansky is the medical director of Upstate's ECMO service, and Dr. Dunton is the chief of cardiothoracic surgery. So we've talked about how ECMO got started and how it's been used, but now ECMO at Upstate is part of this new clinical service that you two are working to create. So how is that going to change things?
1: Well, I think uh, what we're looking at is uh, to try to uh, increase the availability of ECMO, and also to let our colleagues know uh, in different departments uh, what things it can be used for that perhaps we may not have thought about previously.
0: Oh, such as?
1: Well, uh, some of our uh, trauma patients who may have severe lung injury uh, could potentially benefit from ECMO, and that may not have been something that we thought about several years ago. We also see a lot of patients here at Upstate uh, that have overdoses, that are have toxicologic injuries because of our tox, our center here. Mm-hmm. And those patients could also potentially benefit from ECMO uh, if they uh, were having issues with their heart and lungs. And so what we're trying to do is build an interdisciplinary team that uh, understands when this technology and, and therapy is appropriate and how we can institute it. So... Uh, If someone today here at Upstate Hospital uh, was potentially a candidate for ECMO, there's now a process for whatever doctor is taking care of them to get a hold of uh, either Bob or myself to talk about the patient, to see if they're an appropriate candidate for ECMO, and to facilitate the process of getting them put on ECMO. And then once they're on ECMO, there's uh, a lot of uh, subtleties to managing the patient that we can help with as well to make sure that ECMO is being used appropriately and the patient is, is getting the the lung rest or the heart rest that they need.
0: Hmm, interesting. So that's here at Upstate, but what does this mean anything for the greater central New York region in terms of?
1: I think it does. Uh, you know, Upstate certainly uh, is the, the regional referral center uh, for a large part of, for mostly all of central New York. And these patients uh, can be at other hospitals. They can be at small community hospitals in their area. And it may be that they need ECMO, but they're not able to get it at the small uh, outside hospital that they're at. So they at. would
0: transfer here? So they
1: could potentially come here for that. And that's a service that we want to be able to offer to the community because the alternative is they might have to go somewhere else further away. Okay. And uh, we would certainly like to keep the patients near their families here in central New York. And so being able to offer that service is uh, beneficial.
0: Great. Well, tell me about um, something called eCPR.
1: eCPR is uh, a new way of doing cardiopulmonary resuscitation for patients who have cardiac arrest. These are patients whose heart is stopped. And previously, you would do CPR, and you would try to give medications, and you would shock them and see if you could... uh, get them to, to recover from that. And the survival rates from that have traditionally been very, very low. Mm-hmm. In select patients where uh, the cardiac arrest uh, is witnessed and where the patient is able to get to the hospital quickly, there's a potential to put them on ECMO directly while CPR is ongoing, and then take over their heart function for them so that you now have time to figure out what ca- caused the arrest originally. Wow. So this is something that's uh, very state-of-the-art and something that is only appropriate in specific cases, uh, not in every case, but it's something that really has the potential to offer patients uh, who have a reversible cause of their cardiac arrest a better chance, a much better chance at survival than they might have already seen.
0: Wow. In theory, it sounds like that'd be wonderful if you could have ECMO available just to...
1: It is. It's the sort of thing where we want to make sure that we're doing it uh, the right way, and we want to make sure that we're selecting the right patients, because uh, certainly some patients are not candidates for it because the arrest happened too long ago. But uh, we're definitely looking into doing that, and it can also be used for cardiac arrest to happen in the hospital
0: potentially as well. Okay. Well, I know this is um, getting organized now, but looking ahead in the next five years, what do you foresee this um, service looking like?
2: One of the things I think it could lead us to is new technologies. For example, Chris mentioned ventricular assist devices. Mm-hmm. Um, in our field of cardiac surgery, the ability to use these small pumps to replace someone's heart function is becoming an everyday reality. And I think in the very near future, those are going to become very critical for us to have for uh, our patient population. Having a robust ECMO program is the first step toward having that sort of technology available. Also, I think there's some really exciting other technologies that are coming along to help out with failing organ systems. And using this ECMO, if you will, as a platform, I think will allow us to be able to offer those other for patients, yes, across the board. So I think it opens up new areas to us. Uh, And also here at Upstate has been a program we're very proud of as it, it sort of cuts across all disciplines. It involves everybody, the people that that Talk to us at the international or national meetings we went to. Called ECMO a team sport, mm-hmm. and it really does bring all the best of an institution together. Great.
0: Well, I want to thank both of you for coming to talk. Um, this has been Dr. Dutton, the chief of cardiothoracic surgery, and Dr. Tansky, the medical director of Upstate's ECMO service. And this is Amber Smith for Upstate's HealthLink on air.